I did my kip up with no hands, my signature move in front of J-Lo. She stood up. Oh my God, are you serious? She stood up. Seasons. <laughs> Were you trying to say did seasons you, greetings? Yeah, did you hear my voice crack? No, I was confused. I thought no, you... No, I didn't. Okay. My voice cracked and I, I tried to say seasons you, greetings. You want to say it again? Yeah, I'm going to try it again. All right. Okay, ready? Seasons greetings everybody i just went into your frame to pop in to say ho, hello ho 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 i'm a ho you a ho wait you i like how you popped and do that again this ho 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 i don't think i can do i do that to you oh i can't oh, hello, I can. vibes wow how exciting oh my god i love this ho 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 as you can see Raina has a beautiful tree oh my god thank you vibes. that she's put up and i'm honored that it is behind where i am she's, sitting today she's a skinny little queen and but i love her she's frocked she's frocked i'm frocked Someone's called her's called flocked. I don't know what you're talking about. What is frocked? Wait, is it flocked? I think it's flocked. I don't know. The it, meaning like the 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 um snow on it. No, but a flock of birds. I have no idea. I would just call it a good little frost. But um, I'm a very big a fan that you already have your tree up because that's mm. how I feel. I feel like November first, trees up, lights up. Let's enjoy it. What? Wait a minute. What do you mean? Usually, no, no, no. Because you always say. I get so frustrated when other people start celebrating Christmas too early and now you've switched up. You know, no, it's not Christmas. It's holidays in general. Like, I don't know if you guys notice this, but whenever it's, let's say, Halloween, like, mm. it literally is October 1st and they already, like, have all the Christmas decorations. There's Christmas commercials everywhere and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can we just enjoy October first and then let's go into it but Christmas is different because Christmas is my favorite holiday and then also it takes a lot of time to put up all the Christmas decorations so it's like if you're gonna put in all that work you might as well enjoy it for two months that's what I'm saying enjoy the season as a whole because Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and Christmas are kind of tied together yeah they are they have about the same thing they're the same thing and and it just is so beautiful when the lights are all up so I want to enjoy it personally I love it and like I'm my view is just fabulous right now I have you I got my dad in my vision i got a tree this is what dreams this is the american dream right here guys dream and Mm -hmm. my nose is smelling a christmas tree candle (gasps) balsam fir so while we're giving people scents visuals warm toasty that's what we're feeling we're wearing our matching outfits today different color coats i'm in my i feel like i'm in harry potter for some reason yeah is that a you know what gryffindor. I mean? Gryffindor. Oh, yes. Or is it Slytherin that's green something? Oh. You know what? I don't care. Anyways, one of those. I mean, not that I don't care. Please don't come for me, but. We are wizards. We are Plot wizards. Plot twist. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine cast a spell. Oh, my God. That noise is like very <laughs> realistic. Crisp. Oh, God. Um, They're like Leviosa. I'm like. Raina, have you? I didn't even ask you this. Has anybody hit you up after the last episode? About like coming about out? What? I don't think anybody's surprised. (laughs) I think that's the thing. I think I've been commenting about women for so many fucking years. I think people were surprised that I wasn't just full on lesbian. That's so funny. Wait, how about you? Same. Nobody, nobody has like (laughs) hit me up being like, wow, I'm so shocked. But it's, um, yeah, but that episode was really, I mean, great responses from it, but I haven't had anybody shocked. No, it was just people saying that they loved the episode. It wasn't like, wow, I never would have guessed. People are like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like my dad and brother were literally like, like when I came out to them, Mm -hmm. they were like, oh, I just thought you were a lesbian. I'm like, (laughs) okay, well, it's, it's, we're halfway there. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think anyone was surprised. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, this is our, obviously our second episode at 
Raina's house with her own production I just setup. love it. It's so much better. It feels so much more relaxed. And um, I think today something I wanted to discuss is something that a lot of people have been asking me for a really long time. Mm. Um, you know, it's one of those things that they kind of teach you in the industry that not that you should gatekeep, but you should protect what you know and the knowledge that you learn because if you just give it out to people then they're going to just take it and run with it whether it be kind of like um i don't want to say stealing maybe like some of your creative let's say Mm. you have like an idea or a vision and you say it out loud and then somebody takes it and does it before Mm -hmm. so you're kind of brainwashed especially as like i would say a dancer growing up to be very protective with like what jobs you're booking like for example dancers growing up the shady ones would like literally not tell you anything they could be your best friend and then a week later they're like dancing next to beyonce at an award show and you're like wait what the fuck why didn't you tell me about it's, that it, but they, they're just like oh yeah you know it just happened because they don't want to tell you because then they know that you'll ask them like who booked it who's the choreographer how did you get it and then they're going to tell you and then you're going to run off and get the job um get their spot you're gonna take oh, their spot shit. there's a possibility that that can happen so okay. people are kind of wired to like keep to themselves and like not tell anybody what they're doing where they're going because mm-hmm. you know it makes sense in the industry there's only a couple spots there's only a couple jobs and so people are yeah. very protective of that um here's my philosophy though yeah and this is what i believe in and i feel like a lot of martial artists feel this way too have an even playing field because the best is always going to come out on top and if you're not the best work harder become the best so you don't have to worry about these things actually i find it more entertaining when everybody knows what's going on or like i'm in competition with somebody and we're training right next to each other because then it's more exciting it's like may the best win and that's it i think there's that fine balance for me personally because i do feel that way to Mm -hmm. a certain extent but then there's also those like shady ass people that you tell them something that you want to do and they're like, ooh, I want to do that because that would make me look cooler right, and they try to beat you to it. It's different if it's a if it's like a creative, innovative idea that can be like stolen or like taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. But if it's just something like being chosen to go on tour, like how can you be mad that somebody that's better than you is going to make it on tour and you're not? You'd be surprised. Damn. I could not. I could not with these bitches. I will say that... Um, you know question i get asked a lot of industry questions and i've always been asked these questions but i always kind of kept to myself because i was like a either i'm gonna start a program or something i'm gonna mentor people and only people who are in my tight circle i'm gonna mm-hmm. give this information to right because i've learned a lot i've i've i've, I've had to go through a lot to learn these things and i'm i don't want to just give it away um for people to you know kind of exploit in some ways unless they're in my circle and like i know them really well and i can trust them right but i've gotten to a point in my career to where i you know with this podcast obviously everybody listening is a supporter mm-hmm. and so i would love to use this platform to tell you know dancers who want to be professional dancers or just people that are curious about the dance industry because it's actually very very top secret because people don't like to talk about the struggles the ins the outs the things that go on behind the scenes because they're they're in it so they feel like if they talk about something or they call out a choreographer or something like a dancer they're gonna see them the next day at a dance studio or they're gonna see them at some event and for me I'm in the dance industry but I have so much stuff outside of it like i am my own boss nobody hires me 
you know, I just am like, well, people hire me, but it's like executive and like artists yeah. themselves and I'm friends with and stuff like that. Exactly. So I can see why that would be tough for people who like dance for them is their entire world and that industry is all they have. So they have to play the game. They have to be in with the politics and treat everybody a certain way. But that's why your position's like such a liberating one to be in because you can do whatever the fuck you want. You can say whatever the fuck you want to say. And y'all are hearing it here first. So, right, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah it's your I've first never, time talking about it. So, I never talk about this stuff literally ever because, you know, I've always just kind of been just doing my own thing, blinders on, just focusing on it. But I think there's a yeah. lot of things that need to be discussed and brought up and talked about. And like I said, you know, I am in a very fortunate position where I don't need the approval of literally anybody else exactly. <laughs> like in the dance so industry nice. or anything to provide for myself or to have my career be successful. So I think it's important for me to speak on these things, help you or just educate anybody that wants to know um, about just what they don't tell you about being a professional dancer. Um, I'm excited to hear this shit. I know a few stories, but I'm excited. Yeah, I tell Raina all the tea. She knows so much. And I'm sure that there's a lot of stories that I'll say that you can relate to with acting, martial arts, everything that you mm-hmm. do specifically. But I do know that there's obviously specific details for each individual, like, um, lane like dance martial arts that yeah. are different and yeah. a little oh, unique let's talk about auditions oh god that w- that word alone make my heart jump out of my chest ooh, ooh. like who oh, auditions so one thing that about auditions is that there's this thing called an open call and then there's a thing called like a closed call um an open call is literally anybody and everybody could show up anybody like you just find the address and it says it on a poster mm-hmm. you show up and they're the worst, okay? Dude, they I were imagine. horrible. So back when I was a professional dancer starting out and everything, you know, you're, you're hungry, so you're like, I'm gonna do anything and everything. Um, and there will be hundreds, if not thousands, of dancers that show up. You literally will show up to an address like a warehouse. You'll be outside in the hot sun starting at 8 a.m. And you'll probably be there until 10 p.m. And then you'll probably be asked to come back the next day. With this being said, You'll be crammed into a room like sardines. Literally, you can't even see the choreographer when they're people are like standing on chairs to even see what the choreography is. They teach like they make up a combo and then they put you in groups, throw you in and um, it lasts all day long. They make you wait out in the hot sun most of the time. Don't give you water, anything. You're just sitting in the shade all day. Um, People literally would leave these auditions and in the next day they would have like burnt they would be burnt oh, what the fuck? so they would have like these crazy tan lines from like the outfits that they were wearing for the audition and the Jeez. biggest thing about them that makes me so angry because it still happens to this day mm-hmm. is the scams the scams of like people um want recognition they want everybody to see that they booked a job mm-hmm. right so if i'm a choreographer and i'm just starting out mm-hmm. and let's say that like you know i'm lady gaga's choreographer right um I am a dance teacher. I teach every Thursday. I want more dancers to come to my class. So instead of me just, you know, picking like 30 dancers from like, you know, 
a casting agent's website or something like that by looking at headshots. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I want an open call. I want every dancer under the sun to know and see that, you know, so-and-so will say me as an example, Samantha Long is the choreographer for Lady Gaga. Oh my God. And so now moving forward, whenever they are looking for classes to take, mm-hmm. they're going to say, oh my God, wait, she's Lady Gaga's choreographer. I need to take from her. Now I get it. It's a business strategy from the choreographer, but it's fucked up. So it's all about ego. Because it's all about ego. And then also a lot of the times they already know what dancers they're going to pick. They'll just bring in cameras, film everybody so that then the artist can post that like, oh my God, my auditions for my dancers because everybody wants to be my backup dancer. They just, they want to show the line outside. It's like at a club. Oh, absolutely. When they have the lines outside the club, they just want people to think that like they're so desired and everybody wants to dance for them. And it's such a big moment. Um, it's and just then, content, basically. And then there's open Jesus. calls where literally nobody gets picked. They just wanted it for content. See, this is my thing. Why do why do people who are organizing auditions they literally compromise it so that I don't know, so they they don't get what they need from the situation? Like when you're auditioning dancers, you want to be able to audition the dancers and be able to pick them. So why do they go through all of that? to do the exact opposite i don't get it because they do the same thing for acting too mm-hmm. it's like filling the quota yeah it's like they know so who they want annoying. going into it um but it's just for clout from both either the choreographer or the artist as well and oh then you God. have like more of the close calls which those are like the more legitimate auditions where they go through and they say hey because for example if you have an artist that's five five mm-hmm. you don't want you know you the artist doesn't want to look like a giant so they're not going to want dancers that are way taller than them. Um, or I'm sorry, way shorter than them. Um, or they're just not going to have want to have dancers that are a bunch of different heights for the most part. Some Sometimes right. people might want all different shapes and sizes, which is awesome. But for the most part, they want kind of like the same height. So it'll be a height requirement and body type. That's a big thing is like different body types for different artists. Um, and so when they have open calls and they have everybody under the sun, it just like it doesn't really make sense right so you're sitting there and you're like why are we all auditioning for the same role we all are completely different um and anyway so a close call is more of the real deal you come in and then you audition um but i want to ask you Raina, is there anything that you're curious about as far as like the dance world when it comes to auditions because i'm sure you know you probably have similar questions like other people probably would yeah as like an outsider actually me myself being in the dance industry for a couple months now seriously Mm -hmm. my god no no, seriously actually like i'm so intimidated by the dance world that's why it's been so hard for me and i know you tell me she reassures me all the time but like even posting dance videos myself i'm just always so intimidated but anyways because like for me for acting right and for martial arts even if you're going it I mean, martial artists don't really have auditions, but let's say there's a specific role where you have to audition. Stunt auditions. There you go. Yeah. I mean, we're provided with material and you prepare beforehand. But it sounds like for auditions, for like being a backup dancer or whatever, you learn like on the spot or you like, how does that work? I would say nine times out of 10, you learn on the spot. Jesus. Yeah. That would be so nerve wracking for me. Oh, and something that they do in auditions. So when you learn choreography. Wait, do you at least know the song? Sorry. No. You don't even know this, bro. Yeah, no, you'd be so, like, okay, so for example, like, Taylor Swift is a really big artist, so when she would have her, um, her auditions and, like, rehearsals, I know they would use these, like, sample tracks where it's literally just, like, a tick, 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 
they, like oh, it's like it's like a, that. it's a weird mm. track because the artists and the labels they're scared that people are going to leak the songs mm. they're so scared that they don't even let the dancers know the songs until they're out oh my God. and so you'll learn choreography to like the beat and and it, every artist is different with this but um with like the bigger artists they're very yeah. very careful then so how it could be even... stuff like that or it could be just you know like random songs you've never heard before um but yeah you'll usually learn you know probably about like a 20 second to 30 second combo then you'll freestyle but sometimes you'll oh my learn God, it i can't but I, sometimes you'll learn it this is the big thing about the dance world um is that you'll learn it facing let's say a mirror so you're learning it to the mirror you have the combination mm-hmm. last minute they flip the tables over there and they're like okay yep. we're facing this way and and for people who haven't danced or anything it's um it's so different for your brain and you have to really that's something about being a professional dancer but you have to be ready to switch and face different directions which it can kind of it can fuck with people it can really fuck with people because you're so used to seeing yourself or you're used to looking to the right and looking at a specific corner that when you flip your mind kind of gets a little clusterfucked and as somebody who's only danced a few times like it fucks with me heavy because we'll be practicing in front of a mirror and i can see myself and i think it helps because it validates me right so i see myself i'm like okay you know what i actually look kind of good so then it in turn like helps my dancing because then i start to be more confident with my movements and everything mm-hmm. when there's no mirror there i don't know how i look so then i get really like uptight because then i feel stupid i don't know how i look and it's harder to i don't know perform when you don't have that confidence but as a professional dancer mm-hmm. you know that you know you look great you can feel your movements whatever same with martial arts so yeah i can see how being a pro it would be different but there's a lot of there's a lot of different things that people don't even because they see professional dancers and they're like oh yeah like they're you know great dancers but there's so much that goes into being a professional dancer like um things that i was trained to do would be i'd learn a combination and then all of a sudden okay samantha reverse the whole combination so what that means is that like let's say you're doing hand up in the sky you know yeah, like this, yeah. with uh like your left arm uh-huh. and for example let's just say that's the move right then last minute it's like okay so we have to reverse it so that means i have to do the same move but the opposite way so imagine learning like a whole combination that's a minute long and then all of a sudden it's like okay reverse the whole thing so you're used to doing it one way with your body but you have to reverse everything so it's no, stuff like you. that switching angles being able to freestyle being able to adapt to things on stage like one time i was at a sold out stadium arena show um and i did i was doing this open leg split thing on like the staircase which was scary enough like dude it was this huge staircase and then it was the audience and i'd have to go upside down backwards legs open and i remember every night i'd have to like black out my eyes because whenever i would like soak in the audience it made me want to pass out yeah but one time my my pants ripped and so i had to like when i was doing the choreography you have to adapt to it to like (laughs) you know what i mean make sure you're not like you know flashing everybody so there's so much um that goes into it yeah that's an acquired skill too because doing a live performance and we've talked about this before it's so different than being behind the scenes like shooting content or doing a movie whatever it may be like doing choreography then is usually easier multiple takes Mm -hmm. but when it's a live performance it's so much more nerve-wracking and it's just trial and error of being on stage and shit going wrong and like you said having to adapt and live performances is like a completely different different world and for dancing like first of all you have to be fucking incredible to be able to adapt on the spot like that so you know your daddy for life 
I mean, so but, are you though. I mean, with martial arts and your competitions and everything that you do live, like it's the same kind of thing. You've got to be ready to oh, go. No, There's sure. no room for error. But here's the thing that like with dancing, I feel like it's just it's just movement right so anything can be even martial arts in a way can be dancing right Mm -hmm. but with martial arts since it's so rigid and and most of the forms are already pre-choreographed and have been for 50 years there's not much you can do like you're just done especially if you like fall out of a move you can't go on the floor and be like "Mm," you know like that'd be so fun no it's like okay now i just gotta roll back and do a kip up that's what i would that was my go-to you know or like a forward roll fucking flip or something mm, i mean that still sounds cool but oh, yeah i remember one time my um my bow staff snapped in half and i just started doing double bow that one was fun i'm sorry that's so epic can we get a round of applause for random which oh one is God, round thank of applause? you vibes thank you thank you and she for broke you. the bow staff how old were you oh god i don't even remember maybe like 10 10 years old and said fuck it i'm gonna start doing both oh my that god was that's fun. epic and i've i've seen other martial artists do that before too but just to give credit but it was i was definitely proud of myself i'm like ooh, look at me go and applause for you with your ripped pants thank you very much i'm sure you know i'm what? sure no one was complaining you know by the was- way <laughs> <laughs> that was the audience when my pants ripped they went Yee! you know what's funny is i had a leotard on and then i had pants on top of it but i forgot that i had a, a leotard. leotard like it's like underneath yeah, right I remember. It's, like a, it's like a it's from gymnastics but it's like home. a bodysuit whatever so when i ripped my pants in my head i forgot that i had a leotard on so i thought i was fully like flashing but then later i realized i did have like a leotard underneath so i was fine honestly but, ideal um, instead but, of underwear um so really quick wrapping up some of the stuff about the auditions. So those are kind of like the two things. And it's really unfortunate because you'd be surprised at how many of the A-list artists do open calls. Um, and it, it breaks my heart hearing about it because it's like you have some of the, you ha- not some, you have the best of the best in the world when it comes to dance all in Los Angeles auditioning for this big artist. And then the, for the most part, they're just treated like shit outside. No water, no seats. You're sitting on the concrete, waiting all day long, um, and treated like cattle, you know? So I think um, for me personally, something that I do and I'm really big on is I literally direct book. Or if anything, I, I ask them to send... I just go... I mean, honestly, the thing is, we do not need... If anything, the only thing that we need is mm-hmm. one simple audition okay okay this is how it needs to be reformatted this is what i do Uh um and i wish that more people in the industry would do this because this is what logically makes sense we're in 2022 Mm -hmm. going into 2023 okay there's this thing called instagram right you can go on profiles you can see what they look like um you can see them dance all the different stuff that's on their profile you can also look at a headshot and resume you pick what you need for the height and you know what looks you want as a choreographer and the creative director like you know what you need you pick your favorites, um, you narrow it down to let's say 30, mm. you bring them into a studio, teach them a little bit of choreo, okay, put them next to each other, see what they look like in person, that's totally valid, you do need to see what people look like in person, right? Right. Because sometimes people can catfish, so it's good to see them in person, seeing um, if they can pick up choreo fast, because sometimes, that for part. me, I had <laughs> I was going on tour. Um, I was in, I think, maybe two rehearsals. All the other dancers, I was brought on last minute because um, they fired somebody out. Anyways, so I got brought on and I was supposed to have like weeks of rehearsals before going on tour. But then a pop-up show happened out of the country and they're like, we need you to do it, Samantha. I'm like, guys, I've only been in two rehearsals. I only know like one number of the entire 
13 numbers and they're like, we need you to do it. I was like, all right, cool. This is what I trained for. So the next day, so I was in a rehearsal learning a whole number. The next day, I remember standing in the wings of this arena and I'm looking out to the crowd. And I'm just like, you know what? I trained my whole life for this moment right here. I'm fucking ready. Right. And it was a really cool moment. Went out. It felt amazing. But um, didn't you say that was your favorite performance too? That like, was my favorite performance just crazy. because it was one of those things where it's like I have, I trained so fucking hard under the yeah. the best of the best and they they were so intense on me and it was mm-hmm. so hard mm-hmm. but it was one of those moments where i'm like wow i'm so grateful because not to uh i don't want to sound a certain way but people can't do that they can't no, they I, can't they can't no. do that but i have learned from the best and so i'm able to perform at the best right. and i'm ready for the craziest shit to be thrown at me so i was ready for the moment i was there for the moment it was incredible um but so fucking difficult to do but that's how auditions should be ran i just Mm want to say that oh my god wait i totally need to talk about the Nicki minaj audition oh i love this story okay so um this i'll make this quick because i know i've been talking about auditions for a minute but um so as you guys know from listening to the podcast you know i love Nicki minaj and especially when i was just starting out i think i was 18 years old you know, I was like, the number one artist I wanted to dance for was Nicki Minaj. And so I was so pumped to get this audition. It was a close call. Close card. And I was like, yes, Nicki. I was like, okay, I don't know how many people are showing up, but I'm ready for this. It was for a music video. I showed up, there was only 30 people there. And usually with like dancers, and I think this goes with everything, acting, modeling, um, you usually want like different ethnicities. Um, yeah when I was growing up, something that we were kind of taught, and of course, times have changed and everything. But usually it'd be like, you know, you have one of each ethnicity. So when you're on stage, it looks like it's very open and broad and it's inclusive and it has everybody. Right. So when I walked in there, I'm like, all right, how many white bitches are in here? <laughs> like, it was my competition. Right. Um, and there was only like two other white girls and it was only 30 of us. So I was like, okay, so I have two people Damn. who are white like me and there's only 30 of us. All right, I'm about to fucking go ham. Like, I was fucking ready. I'm like, yes, let's go, let's go. I want to battle everybody in here. Then <laughs> the, the choreographer was like, okay, everybody. Oh, this is something else they do in auditions. I'm glad I'm telling this story. Like, okay, everybody, uh, stand in a line. So we're like, oh, shit. So basically what happens in auditions is they will typecast. So you'll stand in a line and they'll just say, yes no yes no yes no and just look at you and be like "Mm, yes no thank you no and when they say thank you you leave so then they just say yes no yes no yes no and so i was like okay they're probably just gonna look at us and typecast us by our look whatever and so i'm standing there and they're like all right turn around i said shit me and all the white girls we immediately i looked at we all caught eye contact and we said damn it we're not getting this job are we and so we turn around and yes they were typecasting us on our butt later i find out that the song in the music video was anaconda so it makes sense um but your girl was let go oh so Um, you didn't even get to audition didn't even get to dance it was really sad because there was literally only 30 of us and i was like dude why did they ask for like a a booty pick beforehand come on now honestly i could i mean i I could have gave an angle we all got i could have gave an angle i could have made it look voluptuous but i'm sure they still would have you know um i was 18 actually i was 18 at the time my body was still developing so we don't know about that um it's different from now 
but what i will say S- is smaller ass yeah i mean i was 18 years old mm-hmm. i was like a teenager mm-hmm. so my body was still growing and developing well, my 18 year old ass was like way smaller than my 19 year old ass well I yeah because no because when you grow up your your hips and everything yeah, fills out but um i was so oh my god i was so sad because mm. that was like obviously the biggest one but it's hilarious looking back because people don't understand like no they'll really just look at your ass and i think that's why the industry is so hard for beauty standards and for people is because yeah. it really be like that you, you turn around mm, your ass isn't big enough all right ciao i feel like it's <laughs> got to be worse now too because like f- I, back then correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like female rappers weren't as big and like now that you have megan the stallion city girls like their music videos they want like that body type and they're probably i would argue I and say that it's better now because oh, it's, better it's more now? inclusive to all different body oh, types is it? oh that's beautiful so it's not like oh if you don't have a big butt then you can't it used to be like that it used to be Damn. like if you don't have a big butt you can't dance for this artist if you aren't super skinny and tall you can't dance for this artist but wow. now it's more inclusive to where there's all different body types which we love to see oh we love to um, see that but <laughs> I, they still do typecasting and they still do that one time i had an audition when they asked me what my sign was pardon why is that what the fuck you know like, so funny. the artist is a scorpio and she doesn't align She's with like, aries mm. Aries gotta go gotta go no so it was funny because I didn't even know about signs at the time I was like 18 I was like signs like I moved from Tennessee nobody knows nobody talks about fucking signs in Tennessee yeah so I literally looked at somebody I said my birthday's December 3rd like what am I she's like just say you're a sag and so <laughs> I said I went by said and I'm a sag. a sag and they said you're sag I said sag after I'm sag They're like you're in you're in the and then a the girl's like she's a Sagittarius because I didn't even know what I didn't even know the the names I was like yes Sagittarius and so it was a whole funny moment because I was like I don't fucking know wait wait so did you find out why they were asking y'all for your signs because I'm actually very curious about this I think the choreographer was just fucking crazy and they like literally wanted to know if the signs were adaptable to who they were what's your favorite crystal yeah shut the fuck up have you had any crazy audition experiences I mean I've had interesting audition experiences i've been through thousands of acting auditions at this point i don't even know i don't even want to know the number because the amount of rejection there is in the acting industry is insane you have to be so tough because it's the same type of thing i mean they'll say straight to your face oh my god you're horrible get out of here granted that's never happened to me but i've heard horror stories and like girls that doesn't happen get out of here but like girls would come out of the the audition rooms crying because of how harsh they are because here's the thing the casting directors it's their job to find somebody that's fit for the job because they're going to be frustrated if they don't and mm-hmm. sometimes they'll take their anger anger out on little girls um and I've, i mean i've had a few casting directors that were just such assholes but most of them are actually pretty okay because like i said they want to work with you they want to hire you you know what mm-hmm. i mean um i mean there were some like cool moments where like when i was in the top um consideration for kim possible and logan the wolverine movie um they would have us sit around for hours on end i would i went in for like a first audition for both and they were like can you stick around after and I waited hours and I went through like three auditions the same day and they'd bring in more people from like, um, it was Disney and then I forget what distributors, Wolverine or Logan, I forget, Warner, one of them, one of the big ones. Yeah. 
but they would bring them in and then I would audition for more and more people and the rooms would just get expanded and you have the director you have the producer and it's just very overwhelming if you're not like very confident about what you're doing now luckily both of those roles involved like martial arts or like having a really like um, tough personality so it was really easy for me to be able to translate that into the character and like that um I w- it wasn't anxiety but more of the excitement I had mm-hmm. um translated well so like I did really well at those auditions and it was just so fun because it would go on for months like the auditioning process so you come in for like what 10 to 20 auditions that's fun for you i'm like wait that's no, no, like no. torture no, it was, you don't know if you get a role for like a month you're like doing more and more things listen, you're just like that was torture okay the torture was waiting for it because i'm so impatient yeah but what was so fun was because i'm such a competitive person i loved proving to myself each and every week that it would get more and more difficult that I would win. I would win. I would win. I would win. I would be in rooms with now 10, 10 executives from Disney and Paramount. And they would love my performance, go on to the next stage. And I think that's what was so fun about it because it was a constant, it was like constantly being in um, performance mode, almost like being on Survivor or like Amazing Race or something. But anyways, both of those roles obviously didn't get them. But I look back and I'm like, so thankful that I didn't because I think it was so vital um, for my growth and just like to understand rejection and be able to survive in this industry because rejection is 90% of it. Mm-hmm. It takes one yes to, you know, take you to the next level. But um, Every, s- everything really does happen for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. And I remember like even for Kim Possible, I signed the contracts. I thought I got it. And then I got the call that they decided to give it to a different girl and mm-hmm. that was i was heartbroken because kim possible was my favorite show as a kid yeah. i thought that i could really kill that role and i was also really excited because i was like other little brown girls which i didn't have really mm-hmm. as a kid looking up to other brown girls and seeing them on the screen who are martial artists and being like oh my god i want to be her it's it's possible because i see it happening in front it's of my kim eyes. possible it's kim possible i'm sorry I'm not, i had to i had to go oh with god, that one i had to do vibes. it anyways so they gave it to a girl who was white yeah and and red hair which is beautiful she's great but the movie did not perform well at all and there's a reason for them because they didn't now they learned their lesson now they they learned their lesson (laughs) but i think that um yeah it's like if you were to have gotten those roles um so many things wouldn't have happened to where you couldn't get to where you are today absolutely Um, and i was not ready at the time i mean these were like especially logan was a heavy role mm -hmm. and i think the girl that um did get it she was incredible but i had to learn spanish for for logan oh really um about like 80 percent of my dialogue was in spanish oh yeah interesting i didn't know that yeah so i was like i was really proud of myself for even getting to that point um It was super fun. It was it was an incredible experience. But that was when I was like 13 now, uh-huh. 12. It's funny too cuz um for me in an example of like everything happens for a reason. You know, I moved out to LA when I was 16. I wanted nothing more. My biggest dream was to go on tour with an A-list artist. That was like my go-to big dream as a dancer. And I got so close so many times. I got to the very last round of J-Lo's residency in Las Vegas when I was 17 years old. Mm. When I tell you, I was dancing in front of J-Lo. Wait, did you say 17? 17. Wow. So I was 17. I was legal 18 because I took this 
test in LA. It's called the Chesby. I passed it so I could work as a legal um, adult. And so I went to the audition um, and I was so excited. I was like, yes, I'm 17. I'm like going to be able to work an adult job because it was a weird time in my life because it was like one day I'm auditioning for Disney. The next day I need to put on pounds of makeup and be this like grown woman. So right. um, I got to the very end. JLo showed up. We're dancing in front of her. I'm telling you, I'm at the last round. Like I think there was like if they wanted 14 dancers, I was in the 16. Um, and so I was like so excited and I ended up not getting it. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm so crushed. Like this would have been everything to me. Right. But um, I did my kip up with no hands, my signature move in front of JLo. She stood up. Oh my God, are you serious? She stood up. She Anyways, that's just oh funny. My gosh, the signature ah. move was seen in front of JLo's eyes, guys. JLo approved. Sorry. I'm going back. But, anyways, um, I look back at that. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so grateful that I didn't book that because if I didn't book that or if I did book that, I would have never met Aaron. I would have never done so many things. I would have never had, I wouldn't have been able to have been pushed into being like, you know what, Samantha, you don't need other people to give you a career. You can make it on your own. You got to just do it yourself. And I wouldn't have been able to found a threat. I wouldn't have had my own dance studio at 21. I wouldn't have been able to do all these other things um because that residency was like a three or four year um commitment a deal three so four years that's insane so everything really when you look back you're like i know it seems so so if you're trying to do something in your life right now maybe a job or something and you don't get accepted or something happens i know it's crushing in the fr- at the first because you're like this is what i envisioned this is what i needed but I promise it's always for a greater purpose. You're always being pushed towards your greater purpose. Rejection equals redirection. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it happen time and time again consistently. There's never been a time where I've lost something in my life and I look back at it and I regret it in any way or wish that things have worked out differently. Um, even recently I had, you know, I mean, it wasn't even a rejection. It was just that things didn't really work out. Things are still going to happen. It's going to be huge, yeah, but it's just a matter of time. Things are but. still going to happen, but obviously, like, we both know we are both very impatient people. We want things to happen right this moment because mm-hmm. we are ready, we're prepared, and we've been training for it our entire lives. So when things just don't hit quite when you expect them to, it's it can be discouraging, and I, I kind of did let it get to me for a little bit, but... Um, now I completely look back in retrospect and I'm like, okay, again, I'm glad that didn't work out because then other things transpired during that same time that I wouldn't take back either, um, that I was supposed to be on the job. So rejection just equals redirection and it always works out for the better. And you learn that by being in this industry and you learn it very quickly. It's like an expedited growth process for sure something in the dance world um and i know this crosses over to everything right Mm -hmm. for an example you signed a contract for this kim possible movie and then all of a sudden it disappeared right right it's like um i know dancers who um would get booked for you know an a-list artist tour they would go to rehearsals for months learning the whole tour they're leaving the next day to go on tour bags are packed and then the night before leaving they get a call that they've been let go um and they're being replaced and that is something about the dance industry is that they say and and this is something that's changing hopefully through and what i'm trying to educate a lot of dancers about 
really making sure they brand themselves they have a social media presence it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you have to have all these followers or anything like that but making sure that your social media is clean it's a profile you're posting good things that represent yourself you're making a name for yourself a brand an aesthetic because then you're not you know because they want you to be a disposable somebody that they can just treat you however they want to treat you throw you away but when you're something that's special and you brand yourself like that you can't be treated like that you can't be thrown around because you are who you are um and people want you for you not just as a backup dancer but something that growing up as they told you is like you're you're disposable you can you can be let go at any moment so you cannot mess up you have to be like a hundred percent even when you're a hundred percent you still could be let go um and so i think in the industry you have to really always be prepared for you know to not for the disappointment but like just kind of like that roller coaster of emotions of of getting in you're like you envision your life in it and then all of a sudden it goes away and being able to stay positive through that through the rejection i guess is the best way to put it yeah and to build yourself back up and to go through it over and over again and that's why a lot of people do not last they don't survive here and that's the thing sometimes and i'm gonna argue this point and i i don't know how you feel about this Mm -hmm. but for me it's more painful when it has nothing to do with you Mm -hmm. and it's just it doesn't quite work out on like the executive side of things it's more it's easier for me to accept rejection than that happen because oh my god like I booked a movie last year and it was supposed to shoot in India like a couple months later and Mm -hmm. it was a big movie with a big producer huge production company with an actor that I really respected and it was martial arts and it just fell through. COVID had hit India too hard. And that was the only place they, you know, just wanted to produce it in. And so it didn't work out. And like you said, I had pictured my life affected and like impacted by doing that movie. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is my big break. Um, and then when it just falls through, it's like, oh God, now I have to go through that process all over again. But but that's why this industry is not for the weak. And you have to be able to <clears throat> find a close circle of people that you trust. And I mean, this is the advice I would give, right? Is just you have to find the people that you trust, the people that are actually um, there to support you and be there with you. And if you right. want to know who supports you in your life, start a business. Ooh. or and start a podcast <laughs> start a podcast literally oh start start a business which you know a podcast is like a business right a brand anything that you're doing that like you're mm. you're putting yourself out there and you need support right. and see who shows up see who says congratulations when i started a threat when i launched a threat um you know now a threat is a media company and brand but when it first launched it was um a brand and a dance studio in los angeles right and I was so excited for it. I had worked so long and hard for this. And I was so excited because I was like, oh my gosh, all my mentors that I had growing up are, you know, going to be so proud of me. And they're going to, you know, be able to come into the studio, teach their classes and, and just come in and do whatever they want to do here. I want this to be a home. I want them to, you know, enjoy the space. And um, I was so excited because, you know, I had trained so hard underneath them. And I obviously looked up to them growing up and, you know, I was like, yes, this can be great. Launch the studio. I kid you not, not one of my mentors growing up to all the big time choreographers that I assisted slaving away for years on sets. They wouldn't even pay me anything like that, which I was totally fine with because I was like, I just want to learn, like put me in. I want to learn everything, whatever. Not one of them congratulated me. Are um, you kidding me? And... It was something that in the moment I 
obviously it hurts when you're like, wow, these people don't care about me. But what I realized is it wasn't that they don't care about me. And it kind of goes in with the brand, right? They just are insecure and they're like, wow, I, I can't believe my student has a dance studio and I don't have a dance studio. I mean, they have a brand, but I don't have a brand and they feel embarrassed. They feel like insecure and, and they see it as, you know, long, long story short, like they see me as a threat, right? Right. Because they're like, I can't congratulate so her because I don't have anything like that. And that just makes me feel whatever. So I'm just going to talk shit about it or I'm just going to be quiet. Um, and just act like it's not a big deal and like what I'm doing is so much bigger and like whatever and right. and that's just what happened and I was I was honestly shocked at first but then I realized um who my who my real people were and the people that did support me my friends that did show up to my dance studio um and take a class or post about it or just send a text saying literally congratulations so happy for you um, those are the people that I discovered were the real people in my life. Um, and that separated right. all the fake people that didn't really care about me. Yeah. Kind of like a painful loss for a necessary gain. Here's the thing. Can we talk about the fact that you were 21 when you opened a dance studio? Which is so funny because that's insane. I think it's because coming to the dance and, and to the, you know, I would say the dance world, but also just the industry at such a young age, I felt so old. I remember opening it up and I was like, man, I'm really late doing this thing. I'm really late starting up the me? studio. I can't believe I'm not already doing this, this, and this. Like, I thought I was behind. And wow. I, and that's, I think, just the well, mindset of being in this industry is you're always, you're always comparing yourself when you want to be the best. You're comparing yourself to the point zero 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 one percent um, and Very I think true. that's something that I had to learn and grow from. Now I'm much better at that. But um, at the time, I was so like caught up in that of like, I need to be the best, the best. I need to be doing more um, that in the moment, obviously, I was so excited and I was so happy for that accomplishment. And I the studio was so incredible. It was oh, my God, it was so good. But I still was just like, OK, let's get to work. I didn't really like relish in like you know anything about that because i felt i felt old as fuck honestly that, i mean let's put it into perspective samantha that would be like me opening a do my own dojo in a year which i could totally see you doing that by the way but, oh my god you think yeah but still like like if you wanted to i think here's the thing too um but still that's like fucking incredible like well you're just saying, thank you reina <laughs> thank and the fact that it was called a threat and you went you endured all those things that proved that you are a threat during the opening of a threat honestly the brand just now. keeps like and it's like that's why when you have a brand that is who you are it just it's a testament to every stage of your life like so every true. stage of my life it's so applicable but um and those people they just don't like to be around others that make them feel uncomfortable or make them feel as though they have to grow and those are very weak-minded people so i'm glad they're out of your life but also the people there's some people in my life that i just kind of looked at as like oh yeah they're cool you know they're you know there but they really showed up and showed out and i was like wow like this really makes me look at them so right. differently like they're a real one they really care and support me and, and it's surprising yeah and it's it, surprising to see who's supported this podcast the most too like even in that situation definitely it's yeah. just start a business see what happens i love that um but we are out of time today for the episode but what the fuck that's I'm, crazy but i'm loving this conversation because i feel like we have so much Should we do part two let's do a part two okay so our next episode we're going to continue the conversation there's literally so much to talk about i'm my mm -hmm. brain is like 
Wheels are turning. Wheels hamsters are turning. Are, hamsters are running around. Run, 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 run. Um, and so <laughs> I say we'll also just like touch on a threat therapy the next episode as well, because obviously mm. we didn't have time for that today. Um, so if you want to submit your questions for a threat therapy, by the way, click the Google form, submit Look at your her questions. Shoulders. Did we already We've talk got about our shoulders yeah. today? Mm. Showing some shoulder. I'm giving left, she's giving right, I'm giving yin right and yang. Mm. Um also, do you know what I'm gonna say right now? Yes, I do. Yes, yes I do. Hit it. Rate, review, and share. By Ooh. the way, when we say rate, please Five rate stars. it the highest review. Okay, don't just click the rate and then forget about it. Like, make sure it's the highest review, okay? Please do, vibes. Um, I think we've deserved it. I think we've earned it. I think we have. I think we have. Anyways, let us know what you guys think about this episode below. Um, if you're watching on whatever streaming platform, make sure to leave a review. Let us know what you think, what you want to see. Shout out iHeartRadio. <laughs> listeners of iHeartRadio, shout out i don't know why we just laugh at iHeartRadio. like why is it like i'm like who is listening on iHeartRadio? my mom listens on iHeartRadio, and i find it to be a hoot also if you're watching this on a streaming platform like iheart um or you know apple or something like that you're not able to watch us on video and i would say i would recommend for you guys to watch us on video because oh it's God, a it full experience it enhances the experience by like 100 percent. i feel like, now dude imagine somebody vibes. listening to our podcast and never watching the video i feel like they would not They'd understand a lot of the jokes because we're very um physical with like we have our mannerisms humor. and yeah, like we make facials humor. and stuff like it's the it's the timing of oh, things so you see our one shoulder and it's very yeah. sexy right now honestly to we're we're giving toesies we're giving everything so make sure you're watching i think that it would be a better experience for you anyway Agreed. we'll see you next wednesday love you love you guys Bye.